This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 106 Sunday, 20th of November, and you're listening to Battle for Malaysia, BFM's coverage of GE15 results. I'm Wang Xiaoning together with Philip C. Now, since the beginning of the year, AMNO and Barisan National have been very confident that they could win an outright majority if general elections were called this year. However, the results of GE15 have proved them wrong. Barisan National won only 30 seats compared to the 79 seats won in GE14. The big winner of the night was Perikatan National, which secured 73 seats and is currently negotiating a coalition government with potential partners. As different coalitions race to reach the magic number of 111 seat in parliament, who will be part of the federal government and what is the future of AMNO? and also Barisan National. Joining us for analysis is Dr. Asmi Hassan, Senior Research Fellow at the Nusantara Academy for Strategic Research. Good afternoon, Asmi. Now, first off, were you really surprised by how well Perikatan National performed this GE15? Uh, well, I'm really surprised how PAS performed very well in the GE15. And I think... Uh, how well Prikata National or very well Prikata National performed is due to pass. Pass contribute 44 seats, uh, parliament seats, compared to uh, Prasatu uh, in this case, 28 seats. And most of the 28 seats, I would presume due to the pass supports the Prikatan or Prikata National uh, candidate in this case. So it is indeed a very... I would say very surprised result with PAS doing so well uh, compared to other individual parties, Shoning. Yeah, surprise for sure, because I just recall during the election campaign, like closer to the date, you started seeing Pakatan Harapan attack, you know, uh, Perikatan National quite a lot. But in the beginning, there was a whole conversation of vote for BM was for a vote of Zahid, right? Was this shift on support to Perikatan very last minute, or was it always there just hidden? I think it's always there, I guess. Uh, when Barisan National said they are confident of winning at least 112 seats alone to form the federal government, I guess there's a psychological warfare to prop up uh, their support. But I think all along, I think the Malay voters, I think especially not only in rural area, but also in semi-urban and urban, already made that in mind. Uh, they want a clean party. They want a clean leader. And the only option that they have is not Bersatu, actually, but the only option that they have is PAS. I think that's the reason why PAS uh, is doing so well, mm. not only in Kelantan, Terengganu, but also in Kedah, Perlis, and also in Pahang. Okay, Asmi Sen, so what does this then mean for the power dynamics within Perikatan National? Because PAS, 49 seats, right? And if you look at Bersatu, just 24 seats. PAS really is dominating that coalition. So who's really going to be in control? Uh, yeah, if Prikata National is will be the federal government, then I'm very sure uh, important portfolio. Mm. Uh, put aside the Prime Minister. I think the Prime Minister will be Tansi Mahidin, but important portfolios will be in the hands of past member of parliament. So whether we like it or not, I think that's the permutation. Uh, whatever the federal government involved, Prikata National, past member of parliament will get the critical portfolio. I think that's the reality we are facing right now, Shonin. What kind of portfolios do you think they will get? Is it finance, education, MITI, you know, the key ones that everybody's watching? 
Yeah, most probably that kind of portfolio because there is, uh, for the previous government, it was the uh, CASA or CATSA or the uh, minister in the prime minister department. Mm. Uh, but I guess we passed, you know, uh, got the huge uh, number of seats uh, compared to Persatu. I think uh, this particular portfolio uh, will be in their hands, uh, Shaolin. What happens if they don't get what they want? Ah, <laughs> I think Bersatu has no choice. Uh, I think the 28 seats that they won, I would presume that most probably uh, due in part to the past support that particular uh, Bersatu or Perikatan National Candidate. So I think uh, they will get what they want. The only constraint is that uh, past cannot show that they are so gullible in everything, one the the important and critical portfolios. But they're generally a party of principle, isn't it? I mean, so if let's say they don't get what they want, they could just pull their support out from BN and then the government just collapses, isn't it? Yes, they that could, can that's an do option. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an option. Especially uh, they are using their own symbol in Kelantan and Kedah. Uh, so the options are wide open. They can uh, pull out, but I don't think so. They will pull out uh, their support. Uh, from the Perikatan National Government. Somehow or other, they will uh, get what they want or maybe uh, they will just tolerate a little bit uh, very few important things that they cannot get. So what are their red lines? What must they have? I would say that they must have, uh, as Shoning said, uh, that's not finance uh, ministry. I think that's uh, something that are very important, uh, something that are not thinkable in the last few days, but I think that is a possible. And I think finance uh, ministry is a very important, critical ministry. Um, well, uh, if pass one day, I think they will get it if they, they really push for mm. it. And is this really just Hadi Awang's success? Because he's really just been the face of pass. Are there any other leaders that we should pay attention to? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the unique thing about pass uh, membership or the grassroots is that they will support Pass. Uh, mm. So no matter uh, who is the leaders, I think they will support. Uh, take for example in Tumpat, where Chela was the incumbent for past, but he lost heavily in Tumpat. And another one in Trungano, Datuk Khairuddin, uh, was the incumbent for past before this, but under Barisan national ticket, he lost heavily. So the, 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 I think the, the, the past grassroots will support the party, uh, not the candidate itself. So I think uh, that's a unique thing. Uh, not the leadership, the group of leadership that made up the support, but the party itself, Shoni. And let's focus on BN. If you recall, they were the ones pushing for this election to happen this year. Die, die must do this year, right? If Pakadan yeah. Berikatan, Pakadan Harapan said, no, we can wait till next year. Has Undi Banje worked against them? Uh, not really, not, not because of the Undi Banje, but because of the internal problems. Uh, in Abno itself, because most of the candidates, or I would say 80 to 90 percent of the candidates, their candidate is the president's man, and the president itself have a huge problem. Uh, so not because of the banjir, or not because of the pandemic itself, not because of the economy. I think it is because of the president's man uh, that uh, occupy most of the Abno uh, candidates. So are you saying that at the end of the day, when the post-mortem is done, the fault lies entirely at the feet of Zahid Hamidi? Uh, yes, I think currently they have a meeting right now. Uh, one is uh, 
political bureau, and after that, the the Supreme Council. I guess uh, I think uh, from my point of view, I think yes, uh, because all the president's men, all the big name mm. uh, candidate lost uh, uh, their fight. I guess uh, we cannot blame anybody else except the president, because the president, uh, I would see that have the supreme power of choosing the candidates. So who will be the next Amno president? <laughs> well, we have to wait until the if Zahid is still there. Uh, he, if he's not resigning, I guess we have to wait within the six months from yesterday or today because Amno need to perform uh, their internal polls. So I guess uh, yesterday, Tokmat, the deputy president said Zahid cannot make the decision in terms of aligning with the federal government. Uh, the decision must be made by the Supreme Council. So I guess the next best candidate for the president is, I guess, to Mat Hassan. Okay, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Battle for Malaysia, BFM's GE15 results coverage. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. One sixteen in the afternoon, it's Sunday the 20th of November and you're listening to The Battle for Malaysia, BFM's coverage of GE15 results. Now we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Asmi Hassan, Senior Research Fellow at the Nusantara Academy for Strategic Research. And Doc, I want to continue the conversation on Barisan National. A little bit of a postmortem. They did so well in the state elections of Johor and Malacca. So why did they fail this time at the federal level? Uh, yeah, it's very intriguing, Shawnee, because uh, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Zahid <clears throat> wanted to call the general election as soon as possible, because to carry out the momentum from Malacca and also uh, in Johor. And Prikata National did so very bad, and past two uh, did so bad. Uh, but I guess I think... Uh, Maybe there's a only 18. Mm. It did not occur in Johor, but it did occur uh, in the yesterday's general election. So the most probable reason is that the Malay voters have a change of heart. Uh, they don't want Barisan National anymore. So they choose a cleaner party, a cleaner uh, leaders. And also plus the only 18, 18. I think that's the most probable reason, a uh, change of heart from Melaka, Johor and yesterday. I guess we're all scratching our heads, right? What triggered that change of heart in the past six months? Yeah, I'm also scratching my head, uh, Philip. I just uh, cannot figure out uh, why they choose uh, PAS instead of AMNO. Yes, there are issues in AMNO about the corrupted leaders, but not all leaders are corrupted. There are young uh, candidates, Kairi Jamuldin lost, Isham Jalil lost, uh, Tengku Zafrul and Sharil Hamdan also lost. I think but, uh, but AMNO has been uh, proposing a new young leaders, but I guess uh, it's not enticing enough, I guess. But still, Philip, I'm still scratching my head uh, to find out the real reason why the Malay voters choose PAS instead of AMNO. And the names you mentioned, uh, Doc, they're very much associated with reform within AMNO. Um, what, is that, that, what does that mean then for AMNO? Is it going to stay the same? Is there going to be a period of self-reflection? Will they actually change? What do you think is the future of the party? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting observation. I think they are, they, the names that I mentioned, you know, mm. they, they, they are the, the face of change in AMNO. Uh, so at least if AMNO uh, lose badly, at least these, you know, names, new names, fresh names, even Kari Jamuldin, when he said he wanted to be prime minister within a decade or within five years, I think there's something fresh. 
never come from UMNO itself. Uh, so I guess I think the voters, the Malay voters have has made up their mind. Uh, they want pass. I think uh, let's see what happened if uh, Perikatan Nasional uh, did form the federal government and PAS got an important portfolio. Maybe we should give them a chance. I don't know, Shawning. <laughs> what, what about you? I don't. I'm not sure. Mm. But at least we have to accept the decision of the voters. But can we just talk about these young talents in Amno? You know, who lost their seats? Can they still exert influence in Amno even though even without being an MP? Yeah, it's, go, it's going to be very difficult uh, because without any uh, position, more so without any government position or any political position, it's going to be very very difficult. So the internal uh, poll of Amno. Uh, in the next month, I guess, it's going to be very interesting whether Khairi will challenge the president post or whether Sharil Hamdan or Dr. Ashraf Wajidi, I guess, pose uh, a challenge to a certain position. I'm not sure. But I think the beginning or the end of it, of this uh, new phases, will begin uh, during or at the uh, internal polls of AMNO. I'm not sure when, but within uh, the six months from today. And Doc, let's have a look at the wider uh, BN coalition partners. So we've got MIC, we've got MCA. They too also fared badly. MCA won only two out of the 44 seats that they contested in and MIC only one out of the 10. What's responsible for this failure? Because there was so much talk for them coming back into politics in a big way. Yeah, no surprise in that because I'm no uh, performed very badly because the Malay voters... uh, disregarded them, mm-hmm. abandoned them. So most of the MCA and MIC when they won in Laka or in Johor, it is because of the Malay voters. So when the Malay voters abandon AMNO, meaning that they also will abandon MCA and MIC. And likely, I guess, we Kasiang won in Aitam. I guess that's the anomaly. Uh, but again, I think uh, it's a ponder, uh, you know, for Barisan National Ally, whether what should they do next? After this, I mean, I guess I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, uh, is the choice in the future just going to be about Malay-dominated versus a diverse coalition? Is that the choice that we all have to contend with going forward then? Yeah, Philip, I think, uh, sadly, as it is, I guess, what GE15 translate is that, uh, that that's the situation. Uh, because as I see it, uh, even though the non-Malay voters or the Chinese voters went out in droves uh, to vote, I guess they vote for one party. And the Malay voters, even though not in droves, they went out to vote, I guess, they also vote for one political party. Uh, So I think we have to live uh, in that particular situation most probably in the next five years. That's that's the truth of it, yeah. All right, let's turn our attention to the state elections. I think a lot of people forgot it was ongoing. I mean, we did have three, Pahang, Perak and Perlis. But the results yeah. have been uh, hung state assemblies. So how, how might this play out in the respective states? Uh, yeah, most probably uh, in Pera, I think Prikata National will have to work with Parisan National because either Prikata National or Pakatan Harapan need Parisan National. Uh, so I guess uh, currently, yes, the state uh, government of Pera is still in Pahang. I think it won't be long. Uh, and also similarly in Pahang, I think uh, Prikata National will need uh, Barisan National help in order to form the state government. Uh, except that in Pahang, it was past uh, party that are more dominating 
uh, in Pahang compared to Melaka, it was more towards bersatu. So I guess uh, in Pahang, most probably we'll see a menteri besar from the past uh, <laughs> so we, we'll definitely expect to see a difference between how states form coalitions versus at the federal level then. Yes, correct, Philip. I think uh, in, in the state uh, coalition, uh, Perikatan Nasional has no choice or Pakatan Harapan has no choice. They have to, either one have to work with Parisan National. Even though at national level, there are more, a lot more permutation uh, compared to the state level, it's either this or that. But on the national level, they have an, uh, a few other choices because they have the uh, Borneo state, they have a Warisan, they have few independents in this case. Okay, let's focus on Pahang because you said it's a past chief minister, right, Menteri Basar. Uh, what happened to the Najib factor there? Has it died after GE15? Because Najib uh, is associated so much with this state, isn't it? Yes, correct, Johnny. Yeah, I guess... Uh, after Najib has been incarcerated, I guess uh, his uh, allure or his lure to the uh, to the voters has been very very uh, diminishing. And if you look at the campaign for the last two weeks, uh, Najib's name rarely uh, crop out. Uh, so most probably, Abno Barisan National want to uh, distance themselves from uh, Datuk Sri Najib uh, because of his uh, uh, court case or guilty of the court case. I guess. Uh, and it's very glaring in Pahang, I guess. Uh, Tajib factor is not a factor at, at the current stage yesterday. So I'm going to put you in a spot and assume that you were hired by AMNO to be its future election strategist, right? You know, when you see the numbers, they really, I think, maintained Johor as a bit of their mini fortress. They've done that well. What do you think is the strategy to kind of recapture back? Do you think they need to focus back on the likes of Pahang or Perak? Or do they need to go to like the hinterlands like Kedah or even some parts of Kelantan and Selangor? I think they have to follow uh, what past did. Uh, the hinterland, the rural area, I think that's where uh, the majority of the Malay voters or the constituency where the majority are the Malay voters. I think they have to concentrate on this particular uh, area. Um, and before doing that, they have to revamp uh, their leadership, especially the top five or the top two, uh, so that they mean, uh, really mean to change, I guess. So to above all, uh, to re-strategize, I guess, it has to start from the very top, Philip. All right. Thank you for your time. That was Dr. Asmin Hassan, Senior Research Fellow at the Nusantara Academy for Strategic Research. We're heading into a short break, uh, but you're listening to the Battle for Malaysia, BFM's GE15 results coverage. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.